0: This is Matthew this week writing solo. I do have a guest and it's going to be a little bit of a different show this week. Usually we will tee things up here with an intro and a couple plugs of some things going on around the world of Rice Athletics. We will get to that in the next couple weeks. We have a couple couple shows coming out for you guys that I think we're going to enjoy, but we're going to slow down this week and kind of take a different path, and on, on a more somber tone, uh, we're going to talk with Sten Gustafsson about the life and the impact of Courtney Hall. Uh, he was a tremendous ambassador for Rice University and Rice Athletics, and unfortunately, uh, passed away recently at the age of 52. There has been a lot of encouraging things said about Courtney's life so far, both through the university, through President David LeBron, and countless, countless avenues so far. But we wanted to take this opportunity to have a little something recorded as an audio tribute, if you will, to Courtney's life and, and what what he did, uh, you know, at, at Rice and, and beyond, because in in conversations I've had so far, the, the impact and the people that he touched went went well beyond the hedges, if you will. And, and in many ways, the conversations that I've had so far have just kind of reminded me and kind of painted the picture of if you could if you could build the ideal Rice ambassador it might have been uh, Courtney Hall and unfortunately I did not have the privilege to meet him in person I, I do regret that uh, now but uh, to kind of paint a better picture of what he was like and and kind of recap uh, his his life because it, he was a fascinating individual came into college at 16 four year starter got drafted into the NFL at 19, goes on to be the captain of a Super Bowl team, finishes his Rice degree while he's playing playing fro- pro football, uh, learns a couple different languages, picks up some instruments just because he can. A fascinating individual and, and just recently appointed to the board at Rice, which he did not get to attend, unfortunately. So just to... Encapsulate all of his life and what he did is impossible to do over 20 or 30 minutes, but we we did want to kind of slow down from how things you know usually go around here bouncing back and forth between a couple of various sports topics just to to take a moment to acknowledge Courtney Hall's impact that he had at rice and and beyond and and I thought the best person to do that would be a, a, a personal friend. Of Courtney's, who, who knew him very well, as I mentioned, Sten, and we'll jump right into that interview in, in just a moment, but I do did want to thank him for, for coming on the show and sitting down with us to, to talk about a, a touching subject and to kind of share some stories that may, maybe not everybody knows about someone that has become very, very dear to the Rice community, so uh, without further ado we will we'll jump right into it so here's stan and here's our conversation uh, just recapping the life and the impact of courtney hall i i'm I'm bummed because i never had the fortune of meeting courtney i just heard the stories Um, right so um i thought it would be kind of a fitting to uh, just kind of take a moment and, and talk through some of those stories in his life and his time at Rice and after Rice. Um, oh, yeah. Were incredible. So I f- figured I can just kind of uh, kick us off and we can talk through those for 20 minutes or so and um, at least have one audio version tribute to kind of hold on to. Um, Absolutely. Through the years.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great stories. So Courtney and I uh, both matriculated in the fall of 85. Uh, I was, I was what I would call a, a normal, uh, in terms of age anyway, uh, entering freshman. you know, I was 18 and a few months then turned 19. Of course, you know, the story, Courtney arrived at 16 and then uh, a few weeks into training camp turned 17. And then a few weeks after that was, uh, going head to head with the U with Benny Testaverde and, and the university of Miami, you know, as a 17 year a recently turned 17 year old. So <laughs> It's one of those things where, uh, you know, his, he was, he was sort of a, you couldn't, first of all, you couldn't miss him. Um, but uh, just, of course, you know, the story quickly gets around like, oh my God, this guy's a freshman, he's only 17, and the guy's so good. And, uh, but it was funny because Courtney was such a quiet guy. Um, and he and I had a class, I want to say it was our like four year it was a religion class, I believe, and part of the class required you. To deliver a paper to your peers, to your classmates, and then uh, you know, kind of defend it, if you will. The idea is that they would kind of have half the time to present and then half the time to answer questions. And Courtney, uh, you know, despite you know, his stature and everything, you could just tell from his body language just wanted to be anywhere else on the planet other than up in front of his, uh, It wasn't even a large group; it was know, I don't know, twenty-five, thirty of us. And I remember he. He went through his presentation, and he—I don't think he really hardly looked up as he presented it. And then he completed it, and he looked up, and he just had this sort of steely glare, and he was saying, "Any questions?" And it was just dead silence. I'm so like, oh, "I think we're good. I think you, you can sit out." <laughs> so that was it. He didn't really have anything to defend. but um, So was
0: that your introduction to Courtney?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, we had sort of. You know, he was in Sid, and I was in Lovett, so we were kind of right next to each other. So we would run into each other, and had a lot of friends on the football team, and and um, and so we kind of knew each other generally. But then, yeah, you know, we had a class together, and then it was kind of funny. We, uh, of course, you know, you followed him um, going into the NFL, of course, and you know the story. But a story that you may not know, and I was actually googling around just to see if I could even get to sort Of, like, specific dates and whatnot. But um, so, his, his uh, junior and senior year, um, you know, so he was there his first year, his freshman year was under Watson Brown, Matt Brown's brother. Uh, and then Jerry Burnt had come in from the University of Pennsylvania, who unfortunately thought you could apply the same sort of offense that he used with great success at Penn in the Ivy Leagues in the Southwest Conference. Strangely enough, did not work out so well. And, um, just a, a terrible record. And in fact, by the end of, uh, our time there, we had the, the longest current or active, uh, losing streak in the nation. Um, so it, it, it started our junior year and went all the way through our senior year. We didn't win a single game. And, um, you know, funny stories like, I won't mention his name, uh, but there was a, a running back of ours. And, you know, again, it was just the same stupid, you know, calling, uh, you know, sort of like a fullback dive for the 32nd time in the game, which had never worked ever. Uh, and they, you know, they called it in the huddle and the running back just muted. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, what? Like, I, like, when you snap it, I'm going the other way. I'm not, it's like, figure it out. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and Courtney was like, yeah, no, that was, that was kind of where we were, the team. But yet Courtney, you know, most, you know, most people, if you're mired in the nation's longest active losing streak, would be, you know, kind of phoning it in. But, you know, he, every game, you know, he took every game so seriously and in, in his preparation. And um, we, so during, in the midst of, you know, his senior year where we had not won a game since September of the prior year, we go up to South Bend to play Notre Dame. And this is the year that Notre Dame wins the national championship. So they're really, really good. And, of course, you know, there was all sorts of jokes, and I can't remember what the spread was. And um, But Courtney saw this as an opportunity because he was going to go against Chris Zorich, who at that time was... Uh, I don't know where he actually ended up getting drafted, but I think the view was he was likely a first-round draft pick. He was a nose guard. And we took the opening kickoff and just shoved it down their throats, all the way down the field. We stalled inside the ten and had to kick a field goal. But... um you know, it like, I like think the Notre Dame people were kind of like just getting settled into their seats. They're like, Oh, well, I'm sure this won't continue, but we're a little put off by it. And then when the next series they go out, Courtney knows that Zorch isn't out there. And he's kind of like, That's weird. I don't, I don't remember him going down with an injury. And he Kind of stole a look over the sideline and he said he sees the defensive line coach just in Zorch's face, just screaming at him, you know, just like, this guy's whipping your ass. <laughs> just, just lighting him up. And that was kind of where I think Courtney, uh, Courtney said that that's where he thinks he started showing up on people's radar screens, because they're all watching Zorich, and then they're kind of like, wait a minute, who's that guy who's just pushing him around? And so he ends up getting invited to the Senior Bowl, but he's like, a, it's like an honorary mention. So I guess at that time, and maybe still to this day, they, they, they're sort of two at each position, and then there's a third that's kind of an honorary mention. You don't actually go, but you know, it's something, you know, for your for your record. And uh he then gets a call, you know, they, they, they practice, you know, all week and then they play and you know are all there during the practices. And the guy one of the guys gets injured, like literally like the day before the game. So they call up Courtney and they're like, Can you get here tonight? And he's like, Uh, yeah, I guess so and he ends up going he gets there, you know call it like midnight and the the game is literally the next day and he comes into his room checks into his room and the the playbook is there a big playbook sitting on the bed and courtney being courtney just grinds like i don't know if he sleeps at all he just sort of grinds through the whole playbook then they get into the game and it's something like like after the first series the other guy goes down so now courtney's in and he then proceeds to you know have a fantastic game, he grades out, you know, at like 100%, you know, makes all of his assignments, etc. So suddenly like this legend starts to pass around like holy crap, hear about this guy, he literally got here last night, um and uh got here last night, didn't have hardly any time at all and just, you know, crammed the playbook and came through perfectly. And so <clears throat> that kind of, you know, that that started to get spread around and then he got invited to the combine. And of course, you know, he ended up just absolutely blowing people away at the combine. I, I want to say that for a period of time, he had the record for the they you know, put two twenty five in a bar and you rep a failure. And I think he like set the record at that time, and and so it was just one of these things where he just kind of burst on people's radar screens, and and they started saying, well, know, he seems like he's small for a center, but, um, you know, I you know, and anyone who's that athletic. Maybe I don't know, make him an inside linebacker. Something, uh, and then you know you know the rest of the story. You know he got selected, and and, um, and then you know had a great career, and and then of course uh, you know that's kind of you know when you think about what he means to Rice. Uh, you know, having only been there for four years, but he was you know Rice obviously small school always will be you know we'll never have the big massive athletic programs you know like the ut and the A&M and so forth so you you know you play with what you got and, and what we have is, is the whole scholar athlete you know that's something that we truly uh, can offer you know it's not like some of the saturdays you watch and you see these guys in their majors i don't know some some of these ridiculous things <laughs> like what? basket weaving yeah i mean like that's even that's like graduate level stuff you know some of the other ones are just amazing but anyway he's he was um, was from the beginning to the end uh, like the, the absolute epitome of the scholar athlete you know he was a national Merit and the finalist comes to rice um, and I have you know I have I have searched the frontiers of the internet trying to find a clip of he was interviewed and I swear it was Bob Costas a few years into the NFL and Bob Costas was sort of incredulous saying you know I had read somewhere when you said, that you were a little concerned that you were getting behind your classmates from college while you're in the NFL. And Courtney said, Well, yes, you know, and he was sort of quoting the statistics, you know, the average you know player lasts on a certain number of years and blah, blah, blah. And you know, meanwhile, the people I went to school with are already you know, going to graduate school, et cetera. wherever Bob Costas was just shaking his head laughing, he was like, That's not anything I've ever heard any NFL player <laughs> say. It's like, it's like, aren't you? Probably making considerably more than your classmates. It's like, well, yes, but you know, it's only for a certain period of time, and that was exactly what he did. You know, so he goes, he he ends up, he graduates from Rice. I think he because he switched majors, he ended up uh, graduating. I think in '90, it was always a a period thing of irritation. People say like, oh, I think you said you're his classmate. He says it's '90. Like he matriculated with me, but he he took an extra year. And then while he's playing in the NFL. He is teaching himself and taking lessons I think, at the at UC San Diego and teaching himself Japanese. He's teaching himself French. My favorite thing is that he worked as a docent in a uh, art museum in San Diego, which I can only imagine, you know. How kind of like that, you're not gonna get anywhere near the, the sculpture or the painting, you know. He's <laughs> No But uh, so you know, so like that's what he's doing while he's playing. And then you know plays uh, for alignment in particular a long time in the NFL, and then goes and gets a joint law degree, business degree from you know one of the, the top institutions in the, the country, if not the world, you know, University of Chicago. And then it was kind of funny our paths then crossed again, where he then went into investment banking, and so he and I were at Sam Stanley together, and uh, and so. You know when the Super Bowl was in Houston in 04, I guess it was. Um, he came down and he took me. Uh, I was his date to the uh, the players' party, which was awesome. Um, and fast forward some years forward, of my son, um, uh, the, when the Super Bowl was in Dallas, he hooked us up to this players' party, and he said, "Well, you know, I, I know the prefield who will be working there, and I could get you guys, you you and Stefan, in if you want." So it was hilarious because it was really only for, for current and former players, mostly former players. And, you know, of course, we're trying to, fit, like, act like we belong there. You can right. tell people are kind of looking at me like, is that guy really like a punter back in the 80s? I don't know. It's sad how those guys let themselves you know, go. <laughs> they're trying to figure out who I was. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're trying to not, you know, embarrass yourself. And you're trying to, you know, like holy crap, it's very Zonk. Oh, my God, it's Barry Sanders. You know, and they're all around. And, and um but anyway, but you know, just Courtney continued to do that and you know, I think it like, was, while he was in law school he taught himself flute. I don't know just these sorts of crazy oddball things where it's just like he never stopped learning. And um and uh there was a quote and I'm trying to remember if it was Da Vinci or Michelangelo Michelangelo it's attributed to him, it's ancora imperato. It's like, I'm still learning. And supposedly that's the thing that, you know, when he was in his eighties or something that he said, yeah, he was still learning. And that was kind of what Courtney did. So he was always, like I said, always the, the scholar athlete he was always doing one while doing the other. And, um, and Weiss meant a lot to him. Uh, he was always, you know, from, from the get go, I think while he was still playing, actually it was while he was still playing, endowed a scholarship uh, he was involved in, he was in like the, the Rice Investment Committee, I believe, you know, dealing with the endowment. He was on the Association of Rice Alumni Board. Uh, he was on there with my wife at that time, so he used to whenever he was come down for a meeting, he'd stay with us. And then what's really sad, and he was so excited, is that it was supposed to be this weekend. Um, he was going to be on the the big board, Rice Board of Trustees. This was going to be his first meeting, and so uh, it was really. It was heartbreaking heartbreaking. He's finally going to get to do the the big board, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But he has been involved with the athletic department, um, you know, serving. Uh, you know, he was just starting to work with JP Abercrombie on soar and trying to you know, be a mentor to, to some of the current kids. I know he did a Zoom call with I don't know if it was the whole football team or just the offensive line, but uh, Coach Bloomgren set up. And anyway, just Rice was always very near and dear to his heart, and was always, um, you know, always, tr- you know, trying to stay involved wherever he could. Uh, he, he, we met up with him um, uh, was it, what, a couple of years ago when we played up in uh, Rice played up in West Point. Um, so it's uh, still hard to believe that he's he's gone, but boy, he he sure he sure left a, a lasting impression. You're exactly right. I I, I feel I feel sorry for you that you didn't get a chance to meet him because he was. He was such a funny guy too, for being you know such a, an absolute uh, you know just his stature, sort of this huge guy and and uh, you know with all these accolades and everything else. But you know, I when I first heard, I you know the classic denial, I'm like that nah, I mean, this can't be right. I was I was literally texting him yesterday, and I was going through my text. And then since uh, he passed, I remember just sort of scrolling further and further and further back into the timeline on our texts and. The first thing was like I think if any any per- <laughs> any person saw it, they'd say, Well, this is like a series of text between two middle school boys. I'm like, Oh, that's probably fair. That's fair. <laughs> he he had a he had a great sense of humor and um, you know, anything blazing saddles related or anything else like that, you know, he'd always send me um you know, for you know, something an article on uh, you know, fossilized dinosaur poop, i you know, absolutely he would send it to me that that, that sort of level of uh, <laughs> maturity. <laughs> that
0: um, anyway, and, and great, great guy. Was it wild to you watching? Because because most people, you know, having a successful business career or a successful uh, professional athletics career, any of those would have been, you know, a wonderful achievement in itself. Was Was there any point, you know, as you you grew up and and watched uh, him develop? At, you mentioned that game against Notre Dame, uh, getting on NFL radars that you just kind of like projected for, and just like what what could this man? Be. is there anything he can't do because from learning what oh, a handful yeah. of languages to the flute like it, it sounds like and what other people have have told me when describing Courtney is this is what a rice owl is supposed to be
1: oh absolutely like I said I mean he is the epitome of the scholar athlete because it wasn't a you know uh, a scholar who' technically an athlete but only gets you know he only comes in in the fourth quarter when he's down by forty uh or or you know he's uh, a great athlete and he's you know he's got a 3.0 i guess he's the squint heart athlete a scholar but yeah he was like I said the absolute the quintessential scholar athlete because it wasn't just school again it was this it was his whole life of just constantly learning you know and adding to things and um yeah i mean just he he was he was truly you know you hear the term intellectually curious I mean that's what he always was and that's why it's such a shame I mean certainly you know at the age of 52 my goodness you know he had so much more that uh, he would have continued to do you know he had just joined I uh, guess a few years ago he was on the board of um, Fabien Cousteau, the the grandchild grand of Jacques Cousteau this this board that you know focuses on the oceans. Um, something I actually never even had a chance to talk to him about because it was all so recent with um, the uh, American University School of Law, I think it was, and then it was like he was a visiting fellow. I don't know. It was just, again, like he never he never stayed still. Again, it was that Enforo Imperato. I'm still learning. He was always learning.
0: And so what was kind of like, I know it's, it's impossible to kind of boil that down into a, a handful of things, but what, you know, as as time moves on, what what are you gonna remember uh, about Courtney, and, and what is the Rice community as a whole uh, gonna remember uh, about him?
1: I think where you know his legacy will be greatest, and I hope it's one of those things that inspires others to do the same. Was the fact that he was always so giving? Like I said, Rice was very important to him, uh, even though you know he was heavily recruited by just about everybody. He still viewed it as you know. Rice gave me a chance, and Rice uh, was a huge part of what he you know helped him become what he was. And so, you know, I think that that giving back, and staying involved, trying to you know help the current generation, you know, succeed on and off the field, and so then they in turn are in a position to kind of you know can keep keep the cycle going. On. So I think that's, that really is what struck me because like I said, he was always so involved with Rice it meant a lot to him and, um, really enjoyed interacting with the students. And, um, I know it was, you know, even talking to some of the guys who are current, uh, you know, players for the Owls that they're, you know, they only really met him over Zoom and they were taken aback, you know, because they were so excited I talked to some of these guys and they're like, oh yeah, we we'll just talked to them and he was telling us this story, and that story, and and just, you know, kind of really inspired us. And, and it was, it's funny, because he was such a, a, a humble guy. Um, and so, I don't know, seemed, even though on paper, he would seem to be difficult to relate to, simply because, you know, he's such a ridiculous achiever. He was such a, a humble and friendly guy and funny guy. Um, he was then instantly relatable. And I think that's, where he'll leave his greatest mark is just, you know, really setting the bar high of what can be achieved as a Rice student athlete and, um, you know, really working to, to um, you know, keep that cycle going, you know, paying paying it forward as it were.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that kind of speaks to, as you mentioned, legacy. There's a, a lot of people in this world that can do a lot of things, but to have someone like Courtney that can be present, uh, in those things and, and, and simultaneously not just checking the box and, and showing up, uh, oh, but being to the point where people notice.
1: That's, that's a great way of describing it. Being present. Exactly. He's not just sort of, uh, showing up, waving, saying hello, and then you know, moving off. I mean, he, he really actively participated. I mean, my, <laughs> the example is used my my, um, my eldest daughter, when she was visiting Colombia. um, her, of course, her younger siblings, of course, my youngest son was very young at the time. I have no interest in walking around some college for a couple hours. So Courtney took my two younger kids rowing on Central Park Lake here while, you know, sort of entertain them while we're doing that. And then when my oldest daughter moved in, it's a long story. It sounds like I'm a bad dad. I'm not. The reason why I wasn't there when I got there a little bit later uh, to help my daughter move into Columbia, it was like an afternoon morning slot. Anyway, it sounds bad. It's not bad. I wasn't a bad dad, but it was suddenly like, Oh my God, we need, uh, they give you like this really small window. And so we called Courtney and so Courtney and my wife uh, moved my daughter in. And so was, you know, there's Courtney of these photos, you know, my daughter moving her into uh, her her dorm and kind of like who does that? Right. I mean, do I, you know, there's, there's friends, there's good friends, and then there's those kind of friends. And uh, and that was, you know, he, he said absolutely, you know, he did it. And of course, you know, he he um, he was also there for you know my daughter's graduation. And um, anyway, it's it's a it's a tough flaw. It was really tough for our whole family just because he was kind of like an uncle uh, for them. But you're you're circling back to what you said. I mean, that was exactly it. He was present. Uh, he was really active in what he did it wasn't just uh, checking the box or you know sending in a check or you know showing up at a gala or something like that he was very very active the box.
0: yeah but i hope well,
1: that inspires inspires current students to do the same
0: absolutely and and i and i appreciate you just sharing that with me and, and sharing that with with all who will listen and then uh, i did want to uh, not take up too much time and kind of keep this digestible but is there a uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe one more uh, passing story of Courtney that that you will hold on to make you laugh um as we kind of wrap things up one worth telling what oh. one, one he would want you to tell or not
1: <laughs> so uh this is another this so we're you know as i mentioned he was in Sid and so one night he was leaving uh Sid late to go to the library and sort heard this sort of hissing sound and then before he noticed you know before he could move he was just drenched. you know said they would you know, take the big trash cans full of water and then you know they'd see somebody walk out and they'd you know chuck it on you just you know as, as a crank i was like wait 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 wait. If some wait some someone just you know hit you with water like that's and he sort of laughs like what am i going to do like run up seven flights of stairs and figure something out I'm like yeah but even just the even just the possibility that you might. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. They didn't really realize who it was dark. You know, they didn't realize who it was before they, they uh, doused him with the water. But, you know, he kind of like, just sort of shrugged. You're like, oh, well, that's you know, it's part of the rice experience, I guess. <laughs> sort of took it as a badge of pride. that you know, it's, uh, you got to participate in that, I guess, the way you looked at it.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, it sounds uh, like an incredible man. And, and like you mentioned, I, I am uh, sad that I didn't get the, the chance to meet him but I'm, I'm i'm grateful for getting to hear stories like this uh, of men and women who did and, and his impact on the the rice community so we uh we certainly will will miss him and the impact he had on rice and uh thank you again for uh taking some time to to share with us uh, what he meant, you meant to you and, and some of those stories thanks thanks
1: so much bye-bye this show was edited and produced by carter spires it features music from joseph mcdade